You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvig, and this is We Will Get Past This, where I welcome you into my calm room of books so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, grab your favourite chair, have a seat, maybe have a coffee. I make very slow coffee. It's poured through a filter which takes ages. In fact, this way of making coffee is known as a slow pour, and I've been doing it for years. I have to confess, sometimes I used to slightly chafe at the bit wanting it to be ready. Um, The coffee that I drink has got spices in it, and I learnt to drink it like this when I was travelling in Sudan. So I was there for a really long time, travelling the length and breadth of that vast place, uh, the largest and one of the most glorious countries in the whole of Africa. Every morning I would go down to the nearest street corner, and inevitably there would be a woman there crouched down over an open fire, and she would be making what was known locally as coffee with medicine. Basically, it's coffee with an awful lot of ginger in it. So I would wait patiently for the water to boil and watch her prepare a small cup for me. This was not like a chain store. There was no choice about how you had it. You either bought a small cup of hot, black, ginger-infused drink, or you didn't. I never missed a morning. I have little or no Arabic, I'm afraid, so the woman and I would smile and perhaps gesture to the blue sky with pleasure while I waited. I did it every morning. It didn't need choice. It was the finest coffee I ever had. Now, the film crew I was with, they were absolutely appalled. None of them would buy from these women. But I have to tell you, every one of them at some point during the trip got sick. And I never did. And I always thought it must be my coffee with medicine. So 15 or so years later, I still have it like that every morning. And I remind myself not to rush. I remind myself it will be worth it. Uh, Not that I am. Nobody's rushing now. Uh, The change is remarkable. Most of my working life, I've been dashing about, often doing five or six different jobs in one day, but now, not so much. And to be honest, it's not all bad. I think lately, the entire world has been in too much of a hurry. And I'm not sure when that started, the hurrying. Did the Romans feel the need to rush? Did Did they dash to the sandal maker before picking up an urn at the market? 
So I was thinking about this when I read that it was today in 1918 that daylight saving time went into effect in the United States for the very first time. Uh, two days ago, we sprang forward ourselves with our clocks so that darkness will fall later. It's a system uh, which really only works in industrialized societies where the day is organized around a clock-based schedule. Kids go to school, people commute and have appointments, and resetting the clocks gives everybody an extra hour of daylight after they finish work. Human beings have been marking time for generations, and as is the way of my brain, I would love to mark how long that's been happening for, but nobody really knows exactly. Uh, there is no mythical beginning where Eve returns to Adam after a bit of apple shopping, and he said, what time do you call this then? The ancient Egyptians divided the day into sections and used a sundial to get to the pyramid works on time. They had a 10-day week, while the ancient Romans went with eight days, with one day set aside just for shopping. We're on the seven-day rotor because of the Babylonians. They were among the first to become more settled as a society, and once that happens, you start getting a market culture. Some people want to sell things, others want to buy them. Once that happens, then you realize it might be helpful if everyone knew when all that buying and selling was happening, and so artificial ideas of time begin to develop. The Babylonians lived in modern-day Iraq, and they were much influenced by the stars and the planets. In particular, they observed seven celestial bodies – the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. So that number, seven, held particular significance to them, and they began to divide their months into four equal parts of seven days. Now, it's an overstretch to say this, but the Babylonians were basically a bossy culture, and their view of the world spread to the Greeks, the Persians, and the Jews who marked a seven-day week in Genesis. Alexander the Great took the concept with him in his job as conqueror, and the seven-day week moved to the Near East, as far as India, and then probably from there on to China. All because some Babylonian had some wine to sell, and he wanted to make sure everyone turned up to buy it. Clocks have been around for about three and a half thousand years since the Egyptians invented a water one. Uh, the Saxons used a candle clock, and now time is measured in labs using atoms. The modern world has become time-obsessed. You can lose an auction on eBay in a nanosecond by not clicking your mouse at exactly the right moment. So I was thinking uh, how little daylight saving matters to me today, and that maybe as we take a break from the tyranny of time, we can have another think. So business people have often told us that time is money, but what if it isn't? What if it's something to be enjoyed instead? I don't think that anyone who sits in the park and has a think but doesn't produce anything has wasted their time. So I guess it's all about attitude. I once had the pleasure of being in the Lofoten Islands up beyond the Arctic Circle. I met a fisherman and I asked him how bad the weather could get. Well, he replied, last year in the winter a storm blew the porch off the front of my house. <gasps> That's terrible, I said. He shrugged. Why? Who needs a porch in the winter? I expect there are some of us who are rather enjoying this odd time out from having to be submissive to schedules. At the moment, my diary is entirely empty. That hasn't happened in the whole of my life. There is time to think. And I did wonder if that means there might also be time for a rethink about a few things. Nobody can really plan what lies ahead, so perhaps we could at least have a think about the decisions we've made in the past. I made a rather marvellous discovery the other day. I was cooking cauliflower and about to throw away the outer leaves, as I have done for more than 40 years, and I thought, actually, they look nice, green and crunchy. 
So I looked up whether you can cook them. Well, you can, and they are delicious. I roasted them in oil and a few herbs for about 15 minutes, and it was like crispy kale. Potato peelings, also delicious roasted. The stalks of fresh beetroot, great in a stir-fry. I am rethinking all my vegetable interactions because I have the time. I have changed my mind about what is useful and what is not. I'm also appreciating every bud in my garden, every leaf on our apple tree. I know how lucky I am to have such company. So amongst other things in my life, I am an ambassador for the excellent Woodland Trust, who wrote to me this week about the HS2, that £106 billion high-speed railway, which will enable faster travel between London and Birmingham, Manchester and Leeds. So it was given the go-ahead by the government last year, and construction is continuing even during this lockdown. The result of the work is going to mean either the permanent damage or the total destruction of over 100 ancient woods and surrounding habitats. The trees exist in complex communities and conservationists will tell you that moving any of them has to happen in the autumn when the plants aren't growing. But the company involved said they don't have time to wait and they must do it now. I don't know what the hurry is, but if they do do it now, then it almost certainly won't succeed. Uh, Woodland Trust ecologist Lucy Ryan has said, Instead of bursting into life, these irreplaceable ancient woodlands now face imminent death. Attempting to move ancient woodland soils from one site to another is flawed. Attempting it in April, doubly so. Add into the mix that the contractor doing it has never translocated ancient woodland, nor visited a translocated site, and it's a recipe for disaster. I reckon, when all this is done, what most of us will need is a walk in the woods and not a faster train to anywhere. A bit like cauliflower leaves, maybe the government might have a rethink about what is useful and what is not. I am uh, I'm traveling at the moment through my books. I was reading about Madagascar where I've never been but would love to go. Apparently, the local buses don't have a predetermined timetable. They leave when the bus is full. Suddenly seems entirely reasonable. I am loving being with my books. I like the physical weight of them. Uh, nothing about them suggests hurry. They take time to write and time to read. They are considered, not just by the author, but by the editor, the publisher, the person who felled the tree, made the ink, and then, of course, by the reader. Books are not knee-jerk reactions. They are thoughtful and fine uses of paper. Trees did not die unnecessarily for books. This slowing down was out of our hands. But maybe it might prove in some instances to be a good thing. Changing your mind is one of the most grown-up things one can do. And we have time to do that now. We also have time, I think, to think ahead. This is a truly wonderful book. Uh, it's called The Wisdom of Trees. And it quotes in here a Chinese proverb which says, The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. Take care, be kind, and we will get past this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.